All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team. I'm your host, Riley Holbert, joined by my good friend and the most recent regional championship on this podcast, JW Crewall. JW, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Riley. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. I'm doing pretty well. I was on like a travel odyssey, it felt like, for multiple weeks in a row, and I'm finally back in my apartment for at least and you, two you months. Didn't, you didn't give me any notice, bro. I, well, it was like well established in chat where I was going and when. I know. I just, I missed. I missed the memo. Yeah, you definitely missed that one. It's all right, though. So we're back in town. We're having a good time. And, I mean, last weekend was a pretty important weekend in, in the Pokemon season, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. The first internationals happened in Brazil last weekend. And it was the first big tournament with Celestial Storm in format. Uh, Celestial Storm has been legal for a while, DW. Yeah, but the first, like, big tournament. Or not Celestial <laughs> Storm. Uh, Cosmic Eclipse. Cosmic <laughs> Eclipse. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Cosmic Eclipse. I, had the, I was like, CES. Yeah. Or whatever. CE, but it's CEC, of course. But my right. brain is stupid. It's okay, man. Yeah, so Cosmic Eclipse has burst onto the scene and honestly it's had a pretty big impact on on the game yeah. as we're seeing it a lot of old favorites are still showing up strong but quite a few either new or heavily modified decks are also entering the fray and yeah. i thought it was a really exciting tournament from start to finish seeing how things developed and what people's perspectives were into this new metagame yeah, it was pretty interesting. I mean, we saw a lot of things uh, that I, were surprising to me. I, I will say, you know, we talked a lot about ADP last week and uh, just that was a big surprise, just how big it was. And then we saw things that just decks that we hadn't even conceived of. I think particularly of the way that Dolstall was constructed. I think just the ways that they incorporated some of the cards was a little bit different than what I was used to seeing. And then... Yeah. Also, Naganadel Guzzlord kind of bursting out of the scene as a new archetype uh, was really exciting. Yeah, so there was a ton of different things that happened this weekend. Um, and frankly, I think we should just start from the top and we can work our way down. And then we can kind of take a look at our expectations versus the reality and kind of compare sure. how that panned out. So sure. in the end... The top dog, the champion of LAIC, was Robin Schultz, former world champion, and now an international champion with Turbo Reshizard, a deck that yeah. I think a lot of people were not prepared for for this event or wrote off going into this event. Um, the loss of Giant Hearth, not necessarily the loss, but the the power of Chaotic Swell over your ability to yeah. control Giant Hearth. Uh, definitely scared a lot of people away, especially since there was a, already a mindset that abilities art is kind of inconsistent, has problems in all sorts of different ways. But, I mean, really, Robin made that deck look beastly in the end with welders all over the place, uh, tons of damage hitting the board very quickly. What are your thoughts on Ability Reshizard, JW? I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's very much a high roll deck, not yeah. to take anything away from robin's performance but i will say that i took his exact deck list to a, a league challenge last night <laughs> and went 2-2 and one of my wins was a bye and so <laughs> <laughs> so it just felt you know throughout the rounds that that i played it and and you know obviously just as the deck as i've played the deck throughout the season because i have played it in a few other events this season it just if you hit the welders early and you can welder onto an appropriate target, you feel like the world's your oyster. And if you don't do that, then things become very, very difficult. So really strong deck choice, I felt like, for the metagame. I think it definitely handles ADP, which was a surprisingly high amount of the field. And then, you know, it also has pretty positive matchups against stall decks, has decent matchups against, um, you know, just things like Malamar, uh, and and even has a decent matchup against Mewtwo. So I thought it was just a great deck choice all around for that event. Looking ahead, I don't know if it would necessarily be the best, but, I mean, Robin did a great job. He high-rolled, obviously, well enough and got it done. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt it was a very strong deck choice for Robin. I will say I echo the sentiment that the deck is kind of high-rolly. Um, 
your hots with that deck are insanely hot and your colds are very cold is usually what I what I find. And I think the reason <laughs> that you experience that is because if you hit the welder early, you're drawing cards and you're drawing into the next welders. But if you're whiffing yeah. welders, you're not drawing cards as effectively. You're, so yeah, it makes it, it harder it, to find it, the subsequent ones. Right, right. It can be hard to chain, right? Because usually you like you either go welder into Dedene or vice versa. And then off of that, you find the other piece. And then the next turn, you do the same thing. And so, and then you build up these massive hands and then you can, you know, attach for turn and gust and do all these cool things. But <laughs> yeah, if you miss cool welders, things like attaching for turn. <laughs> well, yeah. And the other thing I found too was when I played, uh, when I played the deck yesterday, like just how important that Jirachi is being able to kind of hide behind Jirachi in the first few turns, yeah. set up a board. The, the games that I lost, I didn't see a Jirachi for the entire game. Like I, it wasn't even that, that, you know, Jirachi didn't get me anything because I, I didn't even start Jirachi. I didn't draw into Jirachi off welders. Like Jirachi was a huge part of, uh, of the success of the deck just to be able to chain those pieces the Dene and welder and all the other things that you need to make that deck work. So, um, you know, so we'll see, I, I don't know that the deck changes anything. I mean, I think he had the definitive list going forward. You know, we kind of saw the evolution of this deck from towards worlds list going with things like Acrobike uh, to now this just very streamlined fire list, right? With a bunch of yeah. fires and you're just, you know, you're just hoping to hit the welder. And, <laughs> and if not, you know, you might have a bad time. Yeah, I got to say I am very much a fan of, of Robin's list and the way he approached it. It's just simple and straightforward. You don't need to rely on Fire Crystal because Wobbuffet's not a thing anymore. So overall, I think yeah. it's just a, a strong, solid choice by Robin. Uh, but looking at second place, though, we had a deck that I, I like to think that you and I were both kind of expecting to have a good performance in Mewtwo and Mew GX. So yeah. Mewtwo and Mew, obviously a staple of the last format. I mean, definitively the best deck of last format, I would say. Um, continues to have a strong performance. With some new additions in Mega Lopani, in the uh, Tag Call, and some of those Tag Supporters, like Guzman Hala, I think, was a big addition. Being able to grab yeah. Stadiums, being able to grab Rainbow Energy to be able to use some more attackers. I think most successful Mewtwo decks played like one rainbow at least alongside the Guzman Hala, just to be able to have that easy out to an energy. Right. Um, what do you think of the changes that have ma been made to Mewtwo? And do you think that will continue to have strong performances in this format, just like it did in the last? Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. I think Mewtwo is a great deck right now. Um, and just the consistency of it gets boost boosted. Uh, you mentioned the Guzmahala being able to search out the, you know, the rainbow energy, but also the weakness guard energy. Mm -hmm. So that's a big boost. You you have that search. Um, yeah, I mean, even I don't if, think many people at all play Jirachi. GX. In, oh, yeah, it, right. Jirachi yeah, or GX. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I saw any lists from top, like, 16 that played Jirachi GX, which that might that might just be the wave of the future, right? Just going Jirachi less and... um you know, relying a little bit more on the weakness guard energy. Right. Um, but I think Mewtwo was really well poised. We kind of both hit on it, right? We would have said, hey, th this is probably in our top three choices uh, heading into the weekend. And it definitely performed extremely well. I, I like the deck archetype. You have an answer to everything, uh, especially with the inclusion of Greninja. I like that as well. You know, obviously, if you expect to see a lot of ADP, then right. of course, they're going to LDO. You need to find a way to get around that. And so I liked just the way that those decks were built and they felt very strong. I like the tag call engine. I think that's incredibly consistent for Mewtwo because just like drawing three is often a good, um, you know, is often a good effect, I guess, like off of Cynthia and Caitlin, because a lot of times you can get your board set up to a point where you're accelerating your own energy or you're attacking for, you know, fewer energy than other decks. And so you can kind of afford to not have to welder as opposed to abilities are where you want to hit welder every single turn in a deck like Mewtwo, you can afford to, uh, you know, Cynthia and Caitlin, Mallow and Lana, because you don't need to attach as many energy every single turn. Yeah. And we actually saw stuff like the Mallow and Lana be key in the seniors finals. Um, I'm, I'm for blanking on both of the players names, but being able to consistently heal that Mewtwo against the Caldeos and kind of, 
get in this weird heal war where the Greninja versus the Keldeo both are kind of a two-hit KO and you need to Malolana that off. Uh, yeah. was not only very interesting, but without the Malolana, that would have been a loss, even with the Greninja GX. So really awesome right. to see the Malolana card just really surge all over all over the place this weekend in all sorts of decks and all sorts of strategies as just a strong heal and switch option. Uh, kind of like we expected. I mean, I think by the time LIC rolled around, we all knew how good that card was going to be. Right. So looking further into the top eight, we had a couple of different decks. We had ADP, um, a deck that we weren't very hot on. We had Blacephalon, which we also probably weren't that hot on. And um, a couple of other decks like Dollstall made top eight. Yep. And um, I think another ADP... Um, I'm blanking on the last deck of the top eight. Do you remember what it was? I mean, it could have been Blacephalon. Uh, right? There was a Baby Blounds, I know, that whiffed top eight. Oh, okay, maybe maybe that's what I was thinking of. I can't remember the last one then. Was it another Was it another stall deck? I'm pulling it up now. Yeah. <laughs> let's see, let's see. Now, Dollstall. Oh, Gustavo had his giratina garchomp that's um, right okay and like it's like no wonder we can't remember that because the list isn't even out yet <laughs> yeah gustavo's lists are always super private he never really posts them to social media or anything so yeah of course a little no. in the dark but he is i from what i've heard it was very similar to uh jimmy and grant's uh naga guzzlord list except it played some additional pokemon and more of a greens engine so yeah he relied on that mr magius beast beast ring kind of thing but he also had um almastar to have a better chance against stall and stuff like that yeah very interesting very interesting I'm, i'll be curious to see when you know pokemon.com puts that list up i'll be curious to see what he played but uh yeah a very diverse metagame i would say you know just a lot of viable decks or a lot of decks that were played that did well. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see how the metagame continues to evolve. One of the biggest surprises from LAIC for me was just to see how well ADP uh, showed up. Like there were just a lot of players that played ADP. I saw a statistic from uh, one of the, you know, one of the websites that said about a quarter of the field was ADP. Yeah. And that was shocking to me because that felt extremely high. I was not thinking that the deck would show up in such uh, such big numbers, but apparently it took a really um, strong hold amongst the players in in uh, Latin America, and they brought it in full force. Yeah, I mean, no doubt that strategy was very popular, and I think it kind of makes sense. It's, it's very cool Pokemon. They accelerate energy, and they take extra prizes, all of which are fun, cool mechanics. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me that ADP was popular. So I will say, though, we were not very hot on ADP going into this event. Um, we said it would probably be very popular, but we did not like the deck. How do you think ADP did relative to our expectations? And what do you think? Has your opinion shifted on ADP? Do you think it's still kind of meh? Do you still, would you take it to a tournament? Do you not like it? What's the... Yeah, my initial opinion on adp i mean i i was very down on it i thought it was a bad choice i thought it was you know kind of a bad deck and uh i'm kind of feel myself repeating that even though it did have a top four and a top eight placement it just felt like those came off the backs of there being so much of the field that played adp i kept seeing uh on the stream you know there would be mirrors and <laughs> I have to imagine that a lot of the ADP players played other ADP players. And so <laughs> I I can't help but feel that the results were skewed a little bit because of that, because so many people played ADP. And certainly there was enough, you know, Dahlstall and uh, Malamar and, you know, and they got through enough of the decent matchups to, to grind their ways into top eight. But I just don't feel like ADP has any staying power and the reason is you get crushed by Reshazard <laughs> and I don't think you have that great of a matchup against Mewtwo. No, I, I agree. I mean, the Reshazard games versus ADP did not look very good. There's non-GX attacking options to deal with Keldeo. You can KO the ADP before they can even accelerate, which is that's game over pretty much right there. 
especially if you have answers to Keldeo yeah. if they try to stall. Yeah. Like I don't really jive with the deck personally. I don't like I don't like the fact that you basically have to pause for a turn, right? I think that's my biggest problem with the deck is you well, well that's right. Yeah, and and we we discussed this on the podcast last week where where I was saying, okay, some of the weaknesses of the deck are that you just get you give your opponent a free turn at the very least, right? So you give them a free turn when you have to GX. <laughs> and and all the successful decks were forced to do that because they didn't play ends resolve. Yeah. So they were forced to attach manually three times. And then if the metagame is all, you know, things like Malamar or other one prize decks that maybe don't move so swiftly, then you're in a good spot. You know, you have that time to set up. Or if they're decks that but just I, get into that two hit KO war with you. Yeah, exactly. But then you have decks that can one shot very easily on turn two. And of course you're going to get, you know, wrecked there if you have to just send up your guy and and use your gx and i it's just i don't understand how adp uh does well moving forward yeah i'm i'm kind of torn i i don't think the deck is as good as its representation i'll say that much right um, right i think it's a decent deck i think it's a good deck not a great deck but because it was so heavily played a good deck will do well enough over that many players to make some good placements. That being said, yeah. it is a good deck. It has, I think the biggest, the really big calling card for it is the Keldeo, realistically. Um, and the yeah. fact that you get to, you know, have checkmate scenarios just by putting multiple Keldeos active and you take prizes quickly with them. And I actually think the thing that really makes the Keldeos good is they do that 30 extra damage. 140 is right. a significantly better number than 110. Um, right almost ridiculously so how good that extra 30 damage is on keldeo so you know the th it all kind of you know it all jives it makes sense but i i agree with you and like i said that extra turn that you give your opponent potentially two extra turns if you're attaching and then attaching again and gxing that's a lot of time that your opponent has to just kind of do whatever they want so i think there's a couple different ways that we've seen for people to try and speed that strategy up not a lot of them really topped very well. Um, but I think Ends Resolve and the Rayquaza GX are pretty much the, the main accelerants that we've seen. Uh, Will Jenkins echoing that he doesn't think ADP is very good in the chat. <laughs> do you think either of those are a potential option to help patch up ADP? Or do you think it's still just like, or it's this kind of gimmicky, or it's just not good enough? Or what are your thoughts there? I mean, I think, well, I just think that nothing can really help ADP to the point that it brings it to tier one. I think it will be, a, like, ADP will remain tier two just because it does take good matchups to some viable decks. However, I don't think it'll ever crack that, um, you know, that tier one placement. Like, I, I don't think it'll ever be the go-to deck, right? It'll always yeah. just be that kind of metagame-specific deck. And so as long as it remains there, I don't think anything can change that. Like, I don't think an ends resolve, uh, adding ends resolve, high counts of that can change it. I don't think <laughs> adding Rayquaza, I don't think adding like a Guzmahala engine, I don't think adding anything can break it out of tier two. I think it's just going to remain there just because the matchups to me feel so polarizing that even that extra turn isn't going to help you against a deck like Reshazard. Yeah. So. Yeah, I... I totally feel that, and I'm I'm inclined to agree. A deck that's so matchup heavy will typically not be the best deck in any given format. So, yeah. if you're a fan of ADP and you're listening to this or watching this, uh, I implore you to prove us wrong <laughs> because it's a cool deck. Yeah. I just don't think it has the stones to get there right now. Well, we're ready. I mean, we're ready because a lot of people say, okay, oh, ADP is going to be really good. We hear <laughs> things like, oh, um reshi rom is gonna be good oh that was a total flop that's for sure well, just show us show us i think those people that are clinging to adp and saying it's the best deck in the format like are a little bit delusional i i may be speaking too strongly against it i again i will say it's tier two um but it's kind of like show us show us what it can do and i don't think that it has the stones to be tier one fair enough so 
I think those are some of the biggest decks we were looking at going into this weekend were some of that fire archetype and ADP. Another one of our favorite decks was Baby Blacephalon. Um, yeah. Baby Blacephalon was not overly represented in this meta, but it seemed like it did pretty well with the players who did play it. What are your thoughts on that deck, being able to one-shot with the one-prizer? Seems pretty good to me. I mean, that seems like kind of one of the premier one-prize decks moving forward. Yeah, we kind of talked about that last week, too, just being a very solid choice. It had a decent representation, and the people that played it in day two, you know, got, uh, you know, did did decently well. Like, I, it did about as I expected it to, with one bubbling at ninth, and I think it was a deck that could have won the tournament, but... I do think it takes kind of a, an awkward matchup to ADP. It seems about 50-50, maybe a little bit favored. Uh, definitely not an auto win by any means. So I, I feel like it was kind of a victim of the format. I feel like moving forward, it should be even better just because you probably have a, a decline of ADP, a rise in abilities art, which feels like a decent, if not good matchup, and then an increase in Malamar, which should decrease Mewtwo. And Mewtwo can get kind of weird if they can, like, cross-divide Well, Malamar is really bad, though. But if ADP isn't played, then Malamar should increase. Well, then Blacephalon sucks if Malamar is popular. Well, that's... I mean, it's all kind of like this weird... We're in a weird cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's oh. true. That's true. I mean, if Malamar is popular, then people will just play ADP. <laughs> right. There you go. So... <laughs> <laughs> and then you just play turbo fire in, in every meta and just be like whatever <laughs> and hit welders. Yeah. yeah 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 exactly <laughs> so any thoughts on how the deck kind of developed i think one thing we didn't call at all was the addition of lily's pokedoll being in the deck um when sure. i saw that on stream i was like wow that's a really slick idea uh super awesome so do you think yeah. that'll probably be the premier way to play it moving forward That'll probably stick. I think with a deck like that, you just you want to build your hand size up, and you can afford to do that. And I think in that meta specifically, people opted for great catchers over custom catchers, so you do get that extra turn, that extra two, sometimes three, four. I mean, almost infinite turns, right? Because the Pokedolls go back to the go back into the deck. Well, they get discarded uh, if they're KO'd. Right, they get discarded if they're KO'd, but like you get those extra turns, um, and so. Yeah, I think that's going to be the way to do it moving forward because sometimes it can be hard to get those early attacks off with the Blacephalon deck. Right. I, but the, the Pokédoll kind of solves that so early game. Then another question is, do you think Great Catcher will remain the premier gust effect or do you think people will will maybe consider adding Custom Catchers back now that Dolls has seen play in not only Blacephalon but in also a doll stall deck and customs is generally useful against single price decks. It remains to be seen. Yeah. Would you consider adding customs to any deck that, that we've talked about so far? Again, I think it's kind of meta specific, right? If you do expect people to play dolls uh, at your cup um, or at, I guess your regionals, then yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> I, I think it's kind of meta specific. Sure. Great catcher is just so, Great catcher is just so strong. I, yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> it is great. Yes, <laughs> <That's a> great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, great catcher is insane. It, it's, I think it's a hard sell to go back to customs with great catcher in format. Right. Exactly. It's not. Exactly. It's more reliable and it takes less space. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you have that other room to kind of dedicate to your, you know, other consistency or to more, you know tag team supporters things like that i mean it, it's just really really um really a nice card on all fronts especially if you expect the decks like mewtwo the decks like reshazard to to dominate yeah so those are a so. bunch of decks that i wanted to hit on i want to yeah. turn the ball over to you though what are some decks that you were impressed by and want to talk about coming out of the laic metagame yeah i was really impressed by by dolls like i i loved the Good segue too. <laughs> What's that? Good segue into dolls too. I know, right? Yeah, I was really impressed by dolls. I thought, um, I mean, obviously it had the showing in, in Baby Blondes, but but just as its own archetype, I've been messing around with it this week, and it's just very cool. I love the way the lists were built. They were, um, you know, kind of took out a lot of fluff that maybe I thought was necessary. So things like Crushing Hammer, you know, you don't really necessarily need that. <laughs> Um, and just made it as streamlined as possible. And I think 
is very beautiful when that deck works and when you get things going like it's such a good metaphor we we're talking about people are playing great catchers instead of customs and it's just a strong archetype that has a place in this format and it's really an exciting deck when it works i i totally agree it was really impressive to see it climb through the ranks with multiple players at this tournament i i do think it was so sad though because the the doll stall got mashed against this Blacephalon in top eight that played Stinger GX and the Baby Blacephalon, which yeah. is, that's just like an auto loss. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, and that's kind of the cool thing though about the deck is like the lock is very, very strong. The lock is very, very strong, but there are some techs in some ways around it. So yeah, you mentioned the Blacephalon player, um, you know, anything that spreads, uh, Stinger GX is huge. Um, things like Fion can sometimes get you around it. Cryogonal is a good tech. I mean, there are ways to beat it. And I guess custom catchers and like a Rangru would be another way to beat it. There are ways to beat it, but if you're not preparing for it, then, you know, it, it just bodies. It just bodies. <laughs> yeah, custom catcher Rangru is, would be a, a funny way to go about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were really worried about it, right? Yeah. Like, when you play a Rangaroo and custom catchers. Yeah, for sure. So some of those counters, though, I'll have that kind of, you know, whirlpool effect where now there's a counter on the doll side to deal with the counters. So you mentioned Crogonal, yeah. which was surprisingly popular in ADP, I would say. A lot of the streamed ADP decks had Cryogonal. Um, yeah. Which I wasn't necessarily foreseeing that to be that popular, but, I mean, clearly a good choice. And... Um, mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, um, some of the Dollstall players played a Spear Tomb and a Rainbow Energy, which can KO the Cryogonal. And then all of a sudden, the lock is back online. So as long as the Cryogonal didn't take like five prizes, you're good to go. Right. So, but then, of course, it loops back around where some ADPs are playing two Cryogonals. Two Cryogonals. And yeah. the second Cryogonal, I think, is impossible to beat <laughs> with current state lists. So. <laughs> Because the only yeah. way to get the Spirit Tomb in the Rainbow back is with uh, Munchlax, which ends uh-huh. your turn as a 50-50 to start with. So <laughs> it would take like a couple four turns. Four turns on average. Yeah, four turns on back. average to get it back. And then you have to and charge have, it up over and two turns. Even use it, and then you can't even use it that turn, right? Because you have to build Spite for two turns. You yeah. Know? It's, yeah. So, it's so yeah, I don't, I don't really know how you can beat Double Cryogonal. To be honest, I guess doubled Spear Tomb <laughs> and double Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're going down this weird ravel where you end up just playing a Spear Tomb deck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're actually just playing four Spear Tomb uh, with with you know Munchlax and a couple dolls. <laughs> the floor you have to cut the floor just line to fit in your thick Spear Tomb line. Right, right. Yeah, that seems really good. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I think the rabbit hole probably stops at one spirit tomb, one rainbow for the doll side. Well, maybe two spirit tomb and a rainbow or something like that. But but it's funny, right? Because you talk about this rabbit hole. I think that's a good kind of um, kind of expansion on just the format as a whole, (laughs) right? Because if you say, okay, ADP can't beat Reshazard, then maybe that you know and rushes are just won the tournament you expect there to be a lot of rushes are so maybe you don't play adp but then if you don't play adp then maybe malamar can rise again um it's just kind of this whole cyclical thing uh as well what is your kind of take on how the format shifts based on laic what what we should expect from this next weekend in response to what just happened i think the format will be kind of in flux for a while um and the reason I think that is, historically, I feel like American metagames, if we're looking specifically at America, but I think this applies to all regions, are kind of rigid in how they approach the game. And so they will not shift based on necessarily what they see. They'll be influenced, but they won't wholly shift. So I think there'll be people, you know, Malamar completely flopped, basically. I think Katron was like the only player to do anything with Malamar, and it wasn't anything fantastic either. Yeah. People will still play Malamar. A lot of people will still play Malamar, and they'll try it out. A lot of people will play more traditional Mewtwo variants without with Psychic and Fire and and four Welders, and that's it. 
Um, so I think a lot remains to be seen for how people are going to approach this metagame. And I don't think LAIC alone is going to be prescriptive for what you see. And it's just going to take time to develop. I mean, if you think about last year, Oranguru, Zorark won LAIC. And then all of a sudden, like, Gardevoir and Zorark, Decidueye, Ninetales, and Zorark, Lycanroc came back out of nowhere. And then... And then Buzz Garb Shrine came back after being like dead. There's <laughs> <laughs> like the metagame for Lost Thunder last year developed in such a bizarre way and ended up with like yeah. a ridiculous amount of decks. And I won't be surprised if Cosmic Eclipse ends up in a very similar trajectory. It feels kind of similar in how it's panning out right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and then you got to think like, okay, if you know, if, if fire's good, well, what if people play just a direct counter to fire, right? They just play, um, like, just a straight water deck. Like, I saw this kind of locally at the at the challenge that I went to yesterday where everyone was playing fire, so water did really well, like a Vaporeon deck. And then the <laughs> other deck that did really well, like, hilariously, I think it won the tournament, was an, an, a Salazzle hand deck. Right, because if everybody's if everybody's playing the fire deck and they don't play any reset stamps, then Salazzle Hand just bodies. It was really, it was really that's funny. actually very very funny. Should be pretty fun. That's actually very funny. So Salazzle Hand, I mean, I think JW is saying conclusively to everyone who's listening or watching the show that Salazzle Hand is the deck to play in this tournament. Or any tournament you, you have coming up in this metagame. Yeah, if you take anything away from this podcast, is that Salazzle Hand is the play. <laughs> For sure. Salazzle uh, we do have, Hand. We do have some questions in the chat. Valero says, do you prefer the Catcher meta or the Guzma meta from last year? Um, I think Catcher metas are more fun to play because you get to draw a lot of cards and then play your catchers. I I do think it's a little more fair to have to support her to Gust, um, but it's kind of offset by the fact we don't draw a ton of cards in this format. So I don't, I think I like the way this year is panning out better than last year so far. If I had to say, I I actually I would say that it's I don't know I feel like I feel like it's better now because you have less Gust than last year, right? Because you could play. You know, for Guzma, or you could play. I don't know what we we still had VS VS Seeker right last year in format. Well, would so you Guzma could have been as good last year if we didn't have so many like good draw options. Like you had a, I think particularly like Oranger and Shrek was really good. You had Zorark to just continue to draw into Guzmas. Like, yeah, I mean, you could play for Gray Catcher, but like there's not enough draw to offset well, but- that anymore. Yeah, well, right, but the problem with like playing for Greycatcher is that it's not as versatile as a Guzma, right? right? A Guzma could bring up a non-GX. So if you want to bring up a non-GX, you have to play Greycatchers, but then you're only limited to two, and you have to draw exactly, you know, when you need, you know, you have to draw two exactly when you need them, um, and you lose the ability to gust for your second time <laughs> if you don't draw that, you know, those other two in in order. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it more now. It feels more balanced, a little more fair, and I like the discarding aspect of Great Catcher. So you can play a little bit better. Um, like stamp is a little more meaningful when you get stamped to one. You just you know that you can't get Great Catcher. Yeah, uh, barring you know some way for your opponent to draw. But right. Well, that's kind of the direction I was going to. It's like I think like at a fundamental level, supporters should be more balanced. But I think this year is heading in a better trajectory than last year, and I like it. I like it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, like a lot of last year's formats, I wasn't a huge fan of, to be honest. Um, sure. Like I, I enjoyed playing Pokemon all last year, but I think these formats this year are have been more fun so far. I don't know yeah. if you feel the same, but that's. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. We have another question here. Um, is Malamar good for cups? I mean, that's that's a great question. Uh, what do you feel, Riley? Is Malamar a good play? Would you play Malamar for cups? Why or why not? I would not. Um, I don't like Malamar. I not necessarily because it's a bad deck, although it is bad in heavy Mal and Lana metas. I don't. You can't really do anything about that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, besides switching your deck to a worse version of Malamar, but then you're just playing kind of a bad deck. So. Um, However, in sort of less healing-based metas, I think Malamar's fine. If you want to take it to a cup, I wouldn't really fault you. But, I mean, 
it's just kind of an icky deck to me. It's not a deck I would really want to play when I have all sorts of really consistent tag team decks that can take advantage of Tag Call and Mal and Lana and Guzman Hala and Cynthia and Caitlin and Welder sure. and do all sorts of things I find more impressive. <laughs> sure. How about you? Anything? Any other thoughts on Malamar? Um, yeah, I think there are other decks that do things a little bit better. And Malamar, like you said, it relies on two hit KOs. And if you're able to Mallow and Lana, I mean, Mallow and Lana is just a card on the up right now. It's on the up for sure. And so if you're able to negate a whole turn, I mean, that's insanely powerful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sounds sounds pretty powerful to me at least. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, so yeah, go ahead. I think there's a couple decks that we haven't hit on yet which are worth mentioning and those being the Naganatal Guzzlord deck that DDG played. We briefly mentioned it with Gustavo. We didn't talk a lot about it and there's Blacephalon. And then I'd also be interested in your thoughts on Picaram and how it didn't have an appearance at all. So yeah. Which direction would you like to look at first? I think Picaram is fine to go. Um, it's very interesting that Picaram didn't see play because the deck's like biggest strength in being able to tag bolt, it had no counters. Like I don't know that any list played Mew. So theoretically you should be able to have a much stronger tag bolt, right? It's way <laughs> harder to go around Mew um, when lists include it, obviously. I, that didn't even make any sense. What I'm trying to say <laughs> it's is- It's hard to play around Mew when Mew exists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But if Mew isn't played, then like you would think that Picaram would have a much better time. But I just think it is kind of a case of like not very many people playing it and also it just not being that strong of an option. Uh, I think it kind of gets hurt by Keldeo being such a dominant force. Uh, of course, you do have your power plants, but then on the flip side, they have Chaotic Swell. So it's just an interplay that's kind of hard to hard to deal with. And then another card that just kind of hates Picaram out of the, not, maybe not out of the format, but makes it less favorable to play is Megalopunny. So <laughs> you see that, I mean, we saw it in the, both of the top two decks, but. And quite a few of the ADP decks as well. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just like Megalopunny being an inclusion in some decks is really difficult for Picaram to deal with because they rely so heavily on Dedenne. And I don't know that you could really build that deck to not rely on Dedenne. It just feels kind of incorrect <laughs> to build, you know, a Dedenne-less Picaram. But in any case, I think those two those two factors made it not see any success. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Picaram. I still don't. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, and it feels, I don't know, it, I don't know, it feels really, it feels oddly slow. It feels oddly underpowered and just doesn't have, doesn't have the oomph of a deck like Mewtwo or a deck like Turbo Reshazard. Yeah, it turns out doing 300 damage is good. Turns out, who knew? I don't know. Maybe we'll have to <laughs> fact check that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to the sources. <laughs> yeah, well, JW's Wikipediaing that, I'd like to also talk about... Um, I talked about Naganado Guzzlord. Yeah. I think that's the biggest surprise of the weekend. Was probably when <laughs> Danny was on stream and flips over a Nag Guzzlord. Uh, I mean, that was first off a bizarre deck, but it was really cool. I think it has a decent ADP matchup. I think is really what they were trying to hit there with the B Springer and then GX attack kind of move. Pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Can't complain. Um, yep. The deck seems wildly inconsistent to me, though. There are performances yeah. all across the board. We had Jimmy and Igor and Gustavo kind of do well with variants of this deck. And then we had literally everyone else who played it kind of not do very well. Yeah. So I, I can't say I'd recommend it if you're looking for the most competitive play for a tournament. But, I mean, it looks really, really fun. I mean, eating, eating your own Pokemon sounds really cool. <laughs> the gx deck is fun you get to play beast bringer in your deck which i yeah. mean frankly i mean that deserves something by itself right yeah like... right right <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was definitely an interesting call and and like you said it had such a wide range of performances and i think uh that's just really due to the fact that you need to draw things in a very specific order with that deck so if you do draw those things in that specific order like uh you're gonna 
just go far. The deck is just going to work. Everything's going to be, <laughs> well, um, you know, all well and, and good for you. Yeah. But if you don't, and we saw this on stream a lot, I, I think to one game with Jimmy, maybe in day two where he didn't draw into what he needed. So he was just draw passing for, you know, four or five turns or maybe even longer than that, but just trying to draw into that one card that he needed for that specific matchup. It just, there were some awkward times where you would just draw pass with the deck, uh, not because you couldn't attack, but because you didn't actually want to attack until you had, you know, the beast springer or the beast energy or whatever it was yeah. that you needed for that turn. So again, just saying like, you want to draw things in a very specific order with that deck. And when you don't, you have a very sucky deck. And when you do, you maybe have the best deck in the room. Yeah. I mean, the deck seems wildly inconsistent, but and there's a lot going on for sure. There's a lot of things that have to happen. And like you said, in the right order, which I think that's probably the biggest limiting factor is things have to happen in a certain order. You have to draw certain sequences of cards. And if you draw pieces in the wrong order, it makes your Miss Magus is kind of awkward. Like you might Miss Magus for so few cards that it barely feels worth it. So sure. interested to see how that deck does moving forward or if people refine that list at all. Um, I'm probably going to be playing at at least a challenge or something because it looks super fun. Right. I, I think it's a perfect challenge deck. Because, <laughs> you you know, you can kind of like know where you sit, like after your turn, you know? So you're like, eh, I'm probably not winning this game. I'll just scoop it up. And yeah, it's no big deal, right? Like <laughs> perfect challenge deck. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I, in challenges, I love to play stuff that's like, Let's just let's go, man. <laughs> like, yeah, am I winning, am I winning yeah. or losing this game? <laughs> <laughs> There's also Guardian exactly. had an okay showing. I mean, yeah. it, I think it did exactly as well as you expected it to. Like somewhere in the middle, it's a very matchup heavy deck, and the matchups aren't all there in this meta either. Um, but it's super powerful when you hit the counter matchups. Um, in chat, we also got a question about bird control and why it wasn't able to crack top eight jw i know we were talking before the podcast you had some thoughts about birds and its performance what do you think about birds right now now keep in mind it did bubble at at 10th this weekend so it had a chance um, i think it was a bubble at least but either way it's still cracked top 16 which is yeah. notable in and of itself do you think birds is viable moving forward as a stall deck or do you think dolls is better or do you yeah, think I, it was a fluke yeah, I don't know the numbers really on um, on that deck. And we talked last week in the podcast just about how like the matchups are different for Birds and Dollstall. But I just feel like not the best players didn't bring Birds to the event. Like you think of the premier Pidgeotto players being DDG and none of those players brought that deck to the tournament. So I just think it wasn't played by, you know, maybe the right people um, and also just maybe ran into some awkward matchups. Yeah. Yeah, I still think the deck is really, really good. Uh, continuing yeah. forward into the metagame. I mean, it, I mean it, has all the, it has all the tools to be extremely good. We we talked about it being the premier stall deck, and it was kind of interesting to see Doll Stall kind of win out in terms of top eight placements over, over Pidgeotto. Why do you think that is? Why do you think Doll Stall was better suited for the LAIC metagame than Pidgeotto? I think what makes Doll Stall better is it has a easier to achieve end state and versus a lot of decks that end state is enough with all stall because there's not a lot of custom catchers there wasn't a lot of spread so realistically against a lot of these adps against a lot of these mewtwo's even i mean even against the red Cesars with stealthy hood like you get to that end state and you're good you just kind of yeah flip your coins and pass so whereas pidgey has a lot more going on and i feel like you know, there's things that can go wrong in all sorts of states of the game. Um, be it like, and also I think ADP is harder for Pidgey than it is for dolls. Sure. Because ADP can just run Pidgey off the board. And sure. granted, Pidgey can win that matchup a lot of the time, but ADP can run Pidgey off the boards at least right. a couple of times, which with the amount of ADP in the room could easily like hamper down on the amount of Pidgey success that we saw this weekend. I still think Pidgey's sure. really, really good though. There's a lot of things you can do with it. I will say that the amount of Cryogonal and Zebstrika is a little bit concerning, so you probably want to be thinking of ways that you can get around that. I was actually talking with Brady Botner last night about ways to handle the Zebstrika 
Uh, we tossed around playing Wobbuffet and Stealthy Hood to turn off Ditto and make it unable to be gusted by the Ninetales against Reshizard. And we also talked about Beast Energy and Buzzwool, which I think he ended up playing at Full Grips Tournament uh, this Wednesday today for those who are watching yeah. live. So I think with birds, you just have to make keep evolving it, keep finding ways to push it further, and you'll find success, uh, at least in some regard. Yeah, that's that's a really great take. If you had to take a stall deck to a cup, I mean, yeah, had to is is a fun way to term it. But uh, if <laughs> yeah, you this is some strange cup. man who's threatening to to kill me <laughs> unless I play stall at a cup. <laughs> but if if you were to take a stall deck to a tournament, which one would it be and why? I personally like Pidgey the best. Um, although I think it depends a lot. Like Malamar, I think is kind of popular in my area and will continue to be popular. So I'd rather be playing Pidgey than Dolls because Dolls doesn't really have a good answer to Malamar. But mm-hmm. I think they're both fine. I What I do like about Pidgey though is I think the mill is a lot faster once you get to milling. Whereas Dolls, yeah. like you can Bilalba, but you have to do it every other turn with Lusamine. Right. So also Bilalba is like randomly dangerous with Dolls because like if you Bilalba yourself to zero and flip a bunch of tails, then you lose. <laughs> 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 that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Which that's a good point. that would be yeah, but really really right, funny. So, like, so for Cups, it's kind of interesting, right? Because for Cups, theoretically Pidgey is probably a better choice because you are more easily able to get that surge double Bilalba and you know ideally you surge double Bilalba every single turn yeah even uh, without the surge though like you can at least but you can at least yeah, single Bilalba every turn with Pidgey right 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 exactly Whereas, yeah know, it's a lot harder to do with uh dolls yeah, will always be capped at least I mean so mm-hmm. and the other thing too I find that um the dolls is a little bit more susceptible to reset stamp early where if yeah, you Steven's resolve, resolve yeah right you can't play any of those cards so if you don't have a doll down and you steven's resolve for it and then you get reset stamped early then and you don't draw into another doll like you can start getting all your things knocked out very very quickly uh it doesn't always happen but just that's that reset stamp is a little bit harder um i find for dolls to deal with than for pidgeotto just because you have that built-in draw with pidgeotto so what i've kind of been seeing i've seen a few lists throw in like a 2-2 pidgeotto line in their dolls to like kind of <laughs> i don't know counter i don't know to necessarily counteract that specific scenario but just as more draw power because i find that sometimes you know you get into those weird situations where if they do refresh your hand then you can be in an awkward spot yeah i mean the the elms lecture also makes the pidgeys more live makes it easier right. to, to play that kind of line do you right. have any thoughts on the Sawsbuck variant of Dolls? I mean, it didn't really get any representation at LAIC. Do you think it's a viable deck? Um, I mean, I think it's fine. Just like the archetype is good. So I I think it's perfectly acceptable. I don't necessarily think it's better than the... Like, Spiritomb achieves almost the same thing, I feel like, for less spots. So I think I would trend more towards that. And I just, like we said earlier, the the lock is so strong against a lot of these decks that I don't feel like Sawsbuck really adds anything that we didn't already see this weekend. Yeah, I will say that even playing like a 1-1 Sawsbuck, though, if you already get the lock up, can accelerate your win con because you're at sure. least taking prizes. It, so in like sure. a local event, maybe even just playing a very thin line of Sawsbuck could be the way to go to guarantee that you finish games long enough. Or quickly yeah. enough, rather, not long enough. <laughs> um, so that is the thought that I didn't really think about as like an alternative yeah. way to win games. No, I, I mean I think there is a lot of merit to it, and like you said, particularly in a local meta game, if you're you know not taking this deck to regionals, um, I think there is there is some merit to playing. Yeah, maybe a one-one or two-one line of Sawsbuck. But then the weird thing is like you're committing, you're committing the Sawsbuck line to your bench. I just feel like <laughs> if you're gonna the best play that, is valuable. I will say. Yeah, like the bench space is valuable and like theoretically, well, you should have enough time to win in 30 minutes if you play fast enough. So I worry that if you're relying too heavily on Sawsbuck, then you don't actually have the capability to play the 
like you don't actually know what you're doing with the deck, right? If you have to rely on Sawsbuck, if you're like looking to Sawsbuck as your savior and best <laughs> of one, then maybe that's still not the deck for you because you might be looking at just, you should maybe play a different deck is kind of what I'm saying. Right. And I, I will say though, uh, people I think overestimate how long it can take the stall to win sometimes. Um, sure. I People played Wacky Smacky at all sorts of local events and did well. So it's not impossible to win even without any active mill. I mean, the Vileplum deck literally did not have any active way to mill. You had to draw paths forever. So. Sure. I would just say if you're considering Sawsbuck, also just realize maybe you also need to play faster. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think stall yeah. decks have, have the capability to win in best of one. I like Pidgey better in best of one, though, because it's very fast once you get going. Six cards a turn right. is unbelievable. It's pretty busted. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Are there any other things that you wanted to hit on from the LIC metagame? I'm kind of scrolling through the list right now. I mean, it was it was pretty well uh, discussed. I mean, we touched a little bit on Guardi. Like, the other thing would be, is, is Blounds, like, big Blounds a viable deck i mean i think that's the only other what top eight deck that we didn't really talk about i find that it's good like i think it has a place i i see it as a very tier two option but again in the right metagame if you're going up against a lot of tag team decks maybe not a lot of um you know pidgeotto then i think you have a good day i i just don't like big blocks this is not i just not a deck that i like yeah the deck looked the deck probably destroyed the dolls, but then in, in the top four stream game, it looked really, really bad. I will <laughs> say, no fault. I don't think it was the fault of the player. It's just like no. sometimes Blounds just looks like the worst deck of all time. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is prone to these awkward hands more so than I think Mewtwo or or Turbo Rushes are. Yeah, but I just, I just don't like the strategy of of Blounds very much, and I. I've said this for a long time now. You can see me. You can catch me at like meta forecasts from a while back saying how much I don't like blounds. Yeah, you're just a hater. I am. I'm a hater. Yeah, I don't like blounds. You don't believe. I actually, I just don't. <laughs> I don't. So, I mean, that's your problem. Yeah. I, I <laughs> like, it's one of those decks where I won't fault you if you play it, but I would never play it. So. Right. Right. Exactly. And I, I just, I don't know. It's just an icky deck. Icky, icky, icky. Ew, icky, gross, disgusting. <laughs> like filthy nasty. Yeah. There's also a couple Quagsire decks, but I mean, I don't know what we can even say about them. They're Quagsire decks. They feel like about the same as always. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fine. Again, like if you run into the right matchups, um then you're okay, but I just don't think you have enough good matchups to to win a win an event. Yeah. So, so that's a ton of stuff about LAIC. I want to ask then, talking about all these decks, what would you take to a local event if you had one coming up, say, this weekend? I know you don't have one coming up this weekend, but right. if you did, what would you play? What would I uh, for me personally, I would probably take Baby Blounds. I like that deck a lot. I think it's just very strong in general. Um, really, really good, fun deck to play. I'm not going to get burnt out uh, playing it for, you know, five to eight rounds yeah i like baby blondes a lot uh, i would also consider taking mewtwo that deck just feels like honestly feels like the best deck to me um and then i don't think you can go wrong with turbo rushes yeah so those, those are gonna be my top three if you are comfortable playing a stall deck if you're comfortable if you're comfortable winning in 30 minutes definitely you know consider that as well but i would say baby blondes mewtwo and rushes would be would be the three that i would consider for this weekend I don't think I'm going to, you know, out of left field by any means. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it doesn't sound like it, at least. I think but. me personally, I would have a similar spread. I think Mewtwo and Baby Blounds are both kind of my top premier choices right now. But I'd also kind of throw in that instead of Rashi's Art, I would play Pidgey um, as my third deck choice. Because I, sure. I like those kind of decks. <laughs> sure. They're very yeah. fun. Pidgey's a very fun card too, because like or Pidgeotto, I guess technically, at a, like putting the card on the bottom is is fun. <laughs> right, it's super cool. You get to pick your deck up and put that yeah, card under. Put the deck back down. And... I mean, that's neat. <laughs> that's that's really neat. Yeah, I just think that's neat. Yeah, I think 
I mean, really bang up job by Pokemon with that card design, to be honest. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So then, talked a lot about decks, about decks we'd play. I think my last question before we perhaps ask chat for some more is what do you think was the most impactful card from Cosmic Eclipse so far? It seems like a toss-up between Megalopunny and Mallow and Lana. I, f- I find that those two cards are really kind of shaping the metagame, for, in my eyes at least. And the decks that can utilize one or, or both of those are extremely strong. Yeah. Yeah, I think those I are don't know, I, I will two pose, solid choices. I will pose that question back to you. Do you have a, another one that you kind of look to outside of those uh, outside of those two cards? I think definitively it is Tag Call. Okay. I think Tag Call is what makes Mal and Lana viable. It's what the sure. engine that ran a lot of these decks was Tag Call. Sure. I mean, the card is ridiculous, to be honest. Very strong. It is ridiculous. Cynthia and Kate, because like you want to, Mal and Lana is so good and like, defined kind of how the decks were what decks were even viable because malamar was pushed out by malalana but then it also came back to like well tag call lets you find malalana's and also cindy and caitlin's also a huge part of that engine because it like gets you malalana's back it draws you cards yeah and so you can't just it almost feels like you can't just say malalana without calling out cindy and caitlin and then why at that point you might as well just be calling out tag call because that's what (laughs) that's what enables everything yeah (laughs) So I, yeah. I think Tag Call is definitively the card from Cosmic Eclipse that is sure. is changing the meta game most foremost. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's very cool. I am excited to see how uh, these decks shape up, how people decide to tech or um, you know change the list that that won, and and I think it should be a, ne- a very exciting next I don't know month or so. Yeah, I will say I'm a, I'm a little bit bummed out that the tag team supporter concept only got to be realized for one set because i think it's really interesting and really cool yeah it's a it's a really really i always love just having those cards that let you choose multi-effect supporters are always cool to me yeah very very strong cool so did you have any other big topics we want to hit on jw or should we open up the floor yeah no i don't have anything that we didn't already touch on so let's go ahead and ask chat some questions. All right, chat. Or ask more questions from chat. So we will open up the floor to chat to ask some questions before we wrap up for the day. While you all are typing up some awesome questions with your gigantic, massive brains that you've acquired over the course of watching Tag Team, JW, what is your favorite card from Cosmic Eclipse? My favorite card from Cosmic Eclipse? Yeah. It can Just be for any a, reason. On a competitive level? Not not necessarily competitive. It could be for any reason. Oh man. Um Huh. That's an interesting that's an interesting question. <laughs> well, I I'll be honest, the I the most joy that I got this weekend was when Danny flipped over the Nagana. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was an awesome. insane moment to me. That was the most joy I felt watching the stream. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, I'm getting ready to see round one. Okay, Danny's on stream. Like, what am I going to see? Mewtwo, um, Pidgeotto, you know, and then he flips over the nag. I'm like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely blew my mind a little bit. And the thing is, I actually asked them that morning what they were playing, and I was told Nagonidal Guzzlord. And I'm like, that's funny. Like, what are you actually playing? And they sent yeah. me a cropped out screenshot with three and again, the Guzzlord. And I'm like, that's some good commitment to the meme, but what are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> and little did you know that that was what they were actually playing. Yeah. I, I, I thought for sure I was getting like pranked or something, but no, yeah. that was a, that was a real deck. So. Well, <laughs> That's crazy, man. It's crazy. Pokemon's so fun. I love this game. <laughs> it's, it's a great game for sure. So what's the best meme deck in format? Riley, you want to take this one? Um, I think there's two that come to mind. I think Tangrowth has, has been kind of a meme deck that people have been talking about. I have not experimented with Tangrowth at all, so I can't tell you how good it is. 
Um, but I saw that it top aided a cup or just got second or something like that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Tangrowth in and of itself is kind of a meme, like, regardless of what's printed on that card. Like, like Tangrowth yeah. is just ridiculous. It so, is. I, and I guess you just play a bunch of Absols to increase retreat cost. It's kind of like that Celesteela Absol deck. You remember that deck that you made? Oh, and yeah. <laughs> that's like one of your most viewed videos. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like yeah. that, but for one grass energy. Oh, so busted. So busted. I just feel like Tangrowth, man. Like, it's just Tangela. But, but big. Two, but two of them. More than two. Or it's like, like a bunch of them. The are twice as long. Yeah. It's just a big old Tangela. Did they make a baby Tangela? I think there might be concept art for it, but I don't think there actually is one. Okay. They should have done that. There's a Twitter account which like periodically will tweet all the lost Pokemon. If you ever And they have a baby Tangela? I'm not positive, but I think I may have seen one. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> but um Let's see. So that those are good meme decks. I'm thinking also of there's the other a... one I wanted to call out was Nuzzle Raichu. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say the turn one Dusknor deck. Oh, with the Buzzmosa and Beastry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> pretty funny. Dude, people are ridiculous. Oh, this, this is cute. They totally should have kept this in. Oh, this is a good Pokemon. Yeah. Yo, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send this copy image. Maybe I can send it in the chat. This is a really good one. I have to copy the URL. URL. I'll just give you the whole wall there. There you go. That was way too much, but it's fine. <laughs> just type in Baby Tangela. That's a good concept, I think. Baby Tangela. Who knew? Very cute. Who knew? Great. <laughs> awesome. So, other decks or other questions that we got? Guzman Hala Mew 3 versus straight Welder Mew 3. Uh, we kind of touched on this earlier. JW, do you have a definitive preference at this point? For Welder Mew 3 versus Guzman Hala Mew 3? Yeah. I mean, I do think I do think Mew, Mew 2 uh, benefits from playing Guzman Hala. So, I would say... Yeah, probably Guzman Hollow. Seems fair to me. Yeah. We got a question from Creeping Fruit. Best Galar starter in format. What is your preference of the Galarian starters? Scorbunai. Scorbunai. Scorbunai seems pretty cool, not going to lie. I picked Grookey in my sword game. But I'm kind of envious of the Score Bunny people, to be honest. Yeah. Well, at least I haven't spoiled the Pokemon yet. So I yeah. don't really know. But I so I only know what the second forms look like so far. And the Grookey second yeah. form is very ugly. I don't like him. Yes. But Grookey's final form is the best. Scorbun Eye is the best starter, but its final evolution is... I don't want to... It's not the worst. I think it's just tied for worst. It's Garuki's <laughs> final form is very, very strong. I All think right. it is it is like it is a Pokemon that could have belonged in Gen 2. Like it's just a very good, classic, nice, wholesome Pokemon design. I like it a lot. Oh, I'm very excited to find it out then with that endorsement. So Yeah. Yes. <laughs> cool. McStab asking about the dark box deck that Tyler speaks of on Facebook. That's that's a secret, man. That's his top secret info. So Riley could tell you about it though. <laughs> Apparently I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about the Mimikyu that blocks abilities? Do you think there's more to it, or do you think it has gotten exactly the amount of representation that it deserves? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really make it work in a deck that's not Malamar. And so if Malamar gets hated out of the format, then it's kind of tough to make it work. I guess the other one that you could do is like maybe bless up like any deck that can spread. But I can't really think of anyone's the one that comes to mind is like Blacephalon, but then you don't really have any psychic attackers. So like it, the Mimikyu is like best against Mewtwo, I would say. So 
I, I don't know. That's a, that's a very curious question, but I think it's just best with decks that spread. And so Malamar kind of fits that bill. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems like Malamar is the premier deck to use it. I can't even think of a shrine deck right now that would use it other than Malamar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So last question for the day. Yuncifer asks, which deck to win an event and which deck would you play to get points? So kind of that high roll versus uh, safe, consistent concept. Which do you think fits into those categories? I'll let you answer this one first, Riley. You should take this one. Okay. Um, I mean, realistically, I think to win an event, Welder decks will always kind of be the top dogs because they're just so good when they run high. And I think Mewtwo and Reshizard can both fit that bill pretty well. Um, yeah. To get points, I think Mewtwo is safer than Reshizard to get points. But I think the ultimate safe play to get points is currently building up to either be... Um, honestly, like ADP is probably a solid deck to get points. It feels it feels very Picaram esque in that kind of way. You know, it just it'll do the job, but maybe won't win you the tournament. Um, also, I think Stall could fill it, fit into that win an event category where you just rant, can spike everything that was there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. So I would say Mewtwo, Mewtwo for both, but. Mewtwo more to get points, and then I would say uh, like a Pidgeotto. We clearly to, stand Mewtwo uh, in tag team. Well, I mean, dude, the the deck if it had won yesterday, it would have won every major event in standard <laughs> since its release. Like, it's insane. Oh, there was the the Guardian tournament. Let's not forget. What in Germany or something? Yeah, uh, uh, Sheffield. I don't know. Was it a wasn't that a special event? it's still a major tournament i feel like well you always you always deny me of that major tournament title well it doesn't count that doesn't count for you but it counts oh it doesn't count for me okay 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well either way we we, we're on the same page mewtwo is filthy and broken and disgusting and gw is very salty that i'm (laughs) tearing him down here (laughs) <laughs> just it's you know i get no respect no respect. but i but someone in the chat saying that it was a regional that the guardy deck won so actually you're wrong and i'm right okay well all hail riley thank you that's all i'm asking for <laughs> so that'll be it for today everyone thank you so much for coming to chat if you are watching this live on twitch jw will you be going live with pokemon after dark Yes, I will. I need to go get some eggnog. Okay. And then JW's got some then, homemade eggnog that he has to down. And yes. No, no, no. I'm going to drink it. I'm going to drink it on the stream. It is yeah. the, the key is that it's over one year old. Yeah. He's got this weirdly old eggnog. Yeah. And I was telling him how it grosses me out. But no, yeah, no, it was no, in the freezer. Be... It's not like he's just drinking really old. Yeah, no, all the secrets, all the secrets will be revealed in, yeah. in three minutes. So I'm going to go use the restroom. Okay, this is all going to make it. You're going to cut this in post, right, Riley? Which part? Me saying I'm going to use the bathroom. Anyway. It's, that's definitely staying in. Well, <laughs> thank oh, you, everyone, for watching. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>